I am also good. Are you ready to do this? Hmm. Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Come on, gather around. We're starting a podcast. Come on, gather around. There's plenty of good seats. Don't sit in the back. Move up to the front so we can all be here together. I know it's a very large room and there's not very many Huge of you. Room. So <laughs> please, please move to the front so we don't have to strain our voices. Welcome to Fields of Work. I am your older brother named Sam, and I am the consultant guy. And then this handsome gentleman to my right, his name is Max. Max, introduce yourself to the group. Thanks for introducing me first. <laughs> uh, I'm the youngest brother, uh, organic farm manager, um, and is the farm podcast organic or are you organic? Uh, well, well, let's, well, let's get right into it. Farm manager. So is the farm manager organic or is it an organic farm? It's both. Actually, I, in terms of my lifestyle and the way I eat food, I would not consider myself organic. Um, and and but as a as a what's that? Are you a robot? A robot? Yeah. Uh, life would be easier if I was, um, yeah. in terms of farming. Would it, but, would it uh, be easier if you're a robot? You think like dirt in the joints you, and stuff? You ever see, yeah, and you ever see a Roomba? Does it look like a Roomba's having an easy life? Bumping into well, something all day long? The, uh, I mean, that's true. I mean, a Roomba, I'm, I'm, I'm a better made robot. Uh, I would want to be a better made robot than Roomba. Okay. They get caught up on cords pretty easily, bogged down, get really tired, um, yeah. which is not that different like than you. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking if I didn't have to deal with like sweating, you know, uh, mainly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Robots don't sweat, and so that would be that would be a dream. Not yet. Um, you probably have the technology to make a sweating robot. Is that how we, we as we? <laughs> is that how not, not including myself? Is that how sites? This should be sweaty. Uh, as working on the sweaty aspect. Yeah, I think it a little so. bit more realistic. Go ahead and turn off your video because your internet has already started to poop. Uh, a little bit uh speaking of robots and whatnot so it was good seeing your face i will also turn my video off so now this is just an audio experience for everyone and not just yep. the people listening to the podcast max we were doing a lot of physical humor that people couldn't see there so that's true that's true what um you you're the one who wrote the check-in question do you want to run run the check-in round yeah, I can run the check-in round. Um, we're going to start things off here. It's starting to feel like it's almost fall. Not really down here, but I like to think that uh, it's closer than it is. And that means consistent candle burning and uh, all the good scents all the time. We are, we are a household that tries to always always be burning a candle. That's kind of our motto. Okay. Um, and I've, I've got one sitting across from me that I really like. And I just, I just want to know, Sam, what's your favorite scent? I feel like you well, have strong I opinions. First, try to guess your ca your candle that you have there. Yeah, you go for it. You're never going to guess actually like the name or I anything of this is, candle. Um, but... It's called Vanilla Ecstasy, and it is oh. uh, vanilla and uh, notes of pine and um, um, rose oil. Rose oil. I um, This is a, this is a weird candle in front of me. I was given to me for my birthday, and actually the, the scent profile isn't on the little candle. It was on the box, but I don't think I have the actual scents. Hmm. Um, you're close with... So the, the candle company does um, scents based on, which is kind of a weird idea, I guess, really, uh, authors. So they always have like these like, very aesthetically pleasing candles, <laughs> a quote from the author. <laughs> Hold on. It's like um, musty dude that's kind of sweaty, hasn't showered in a stale day Stale beer. <laughs> yeah. 
Like you've got the Hemingway. It smells terrible. <laughs> <laughs> smells like no, cats uh, <laughs> and depression. I think the idea would be that maybe something about their writing or some some way that they try mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. influence the smell profile based on the works okay. of this author. So what what and author are you huffing over here? Over here, I am. I'm huffing John Steinbeck. John Steinbeck. Uh, so what is it like? Manure and starvation. Yeah. Uh, that would be the grapes of wrath. Is it grapes? Really, I don't have is it grapes? One. Is it the grapes of wrath? <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> That'd be very little literal. Um, no, I mean I think your my favorite scent of candle is kind of close to the profile you were saying. I mean vanilla is always going to find its way in there, but I'm a, I'm a big like all those candles that are like cedar, pine, sandalwood. You know, very like that that not too fruity smelling are kind of my yeah. favorite. And this candle is 100 percent that. It's great. It's uh, I guess Steinbeck. Is, I do you know what? it's perfect because I love his writing. He's probably one of my favorite authors, um, and I love it. I love his candle work as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so, he was consulted on the uh, on his candle work for sure. I'm sure he left notes about what his favorite scents were. But yeah. it's a great it's a great candle. I'm a, and just in terms of talking about fall, I'm a big fan of like autumnal. Uh, mm. uh, I almost said flavor profiles, which is true also, but scent profiles. Um, what about you? What are you working What's with? A, well, you, what is an autumnal flavor profile or a scent profile? Like cinnamony and nutmeggy, you know, holiday well, kind of. Somewhat seem wintry to me. Yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, what other ones would you put in there then? Fallen leaves. That's probably what one of the candles says. Apple pumpkin. Usually like a pumpkin apple. Yeah. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I'm I'm drinking a, a pumpkin spice iced coffee right now. That I made oh. myself this morning, so um, we're really feeling <laughs> the fall. It was like 95 degrees on Friday, but <laughs> inside this home, it, it's it's autumn in this home. It's kind of how yeah. we're approaching it. Yeah. Nice. What about you? My favorite scent, maybe baked, freshly baked bread, or cookies, or other baked goods. Hmm. Yeah. Is there candles that really capture that for you? Well, I, the question wasn't what, what candle yeah. do you like no, to no. smell. It's what is your favorite right. scent? Yeah. Sorry. Hey. Wow. Hey, we are also really a bit of a candle family. We don't, I don't think we're not as quite as consistent, but we have one specific candle, which is some grapefruit concoction that Emily really, really, really likes. And I think I've heard about this good. candle. Yeah, do she you... probably was raving about it at some point. Do you buy replacement ones? Is it always the same candle? No, yeah. Yeah, basically always the same candle. I thought so. Is it hefty? I feel like it's a big candle. You can get pretty big ones. We have a pretty big (laughs) one. It has three wicks in it. Yeah, okay. That's the one I'm thinking of. She definitely talked about that candle. It's basically a candle bucket. Yeah, it's good. It's a grapefruit candle bucket. Yep. Is that that a scent you enjoy or is it kind of just... I do enjoy uh, it. it That smells pretty good. I like grapefruit. I feel like I've opened us up with some stimulating conversation about scents. You really have. Which is exactly do, what we're hoping for. Do 60 minutes on uh, smells and autumn? We could do 60. Yeah, we could do it. Oh, that'd be great. I feel what's like your, I, I mean, can't. what's your go-to autumn activity? Like, where you're most looking forward to when you're like, oh, now this is like the this is how I know I'm in autumn. I mean, it's hard for me at times to split the farming from the the fun life stuff in the side. The one reason I love autumn is that we always talk about this. Like, the farm season is at a, at a different kind of time in terms of like you're not planting and weeding as much you're like doing big harvests which are usually kind of communal and it's fun so on the farming side i enjoy that and like you know granted we picked winter squash last year when you were here and it was not fall that was brutal um that's true that was because that was poor planning on my part on instagram that you had just picked some uh squash 
Yeah. So a little later this year, I tried to nice. purposely push it back because I didn't, I think no one wanted butternut squash in like end of August last year. So I planted it later, but so there's always the farm tasks and stuff like that. And then, then the fun life things, obviously growing up where we did Michigan, it's always about the cider mill and, yep. uh, and some cider donuts. Um, yep. not as popular as the thing down in Tennessee. I can, I'm sure I'll be able to get my hands on some cider donuts, but I mean, in Michigan, it was a, uh, a pilgrimage that everyone everyone made at some point over to Yates. Yeah. Um, are you doing plain felt, or yeah. are you doing cinnamon sugar? I'm always I'm always cinnamon sugar. I mean, I'll eat a plain. I'm not going to turn away a plain. Yeah. Cider donut, I want but one of each. it's just the same time. Yeah. Donut sandwich. Yeah. They're great. Basically. I think I think if you've never had a a good cider mill experience, you're missing out. Um, I mean, the one by us is is kind of a. a madhouse to go to and, and some kind of takes away from the experience the bees too the bees that could ruin it the for bees, you the bees man the bees they're real assholes over at yates yeah uh what about you what do you like like making leaf leaf piles you know, opening them <laughs> i live in an apartment i haven't made a leaf yeah. pile in a long ass time <laughs> uh i mean the one answer is the hockey season starts up in october that's so true that's pretty autumnal to me uh watching over the garden wall uh, is a mm. rite of passage for the fall, which is an excellent yep. little. I don't even know. You can't call it like a TV show. It's short episodes. It's like a. It's like a movie, basically. It's like a limited cartoon series. Yeah, that limited, was just yeah. As beautiful to look at as it was enjoyable and funny and That's well written, right. but it's a, it's a very visually pleasing show. Yeah. Yep. And pie. <laughs> And do you, do you withhold from pie the rest of the year to really make autumn honestly, pie time? Not deliberately, but I'm wondering yeah. if maybe subconsciously I hold back on pie because I know it's only it's, it's mostly a fall thing. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm also not as big of a fan of like the summer the summer pie flavors, you know? Like what I are want the summer pie uh, flavors. I'm like a key lime. Wouldn't you say a key lime pie is mm, pretty key lime, yeah. Other, I don't know, other, I'm just thinking like people, you know, bake cobblers and pies with the other fruit of like, you know, early summer black, blackberries and things like Ugh. that. But I'm, I'm holding out for pumpkin apple and, and apple. Pumpkin pie. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the rest of them, they're just, they're just fillers, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, all Thanksgiving food is basically autumnal, like, you know, it's a sign that you are in autumn. Yeah. Um, we can't do an autumn podcast because, uh, Kira would literally kill me if we recorded one where we talked about autumn without having her on it because it's oh, her yeah, favorite she's season. Big, she's big been fan. she's been pushing it. She's been pushing it since like early August as we've tried to ready ourselves <laughs> for the coming season. Does um, she also hold on to it way too late into the year as well? Like it's like um, a foot of foot of snow on the ground and it's Christmas time. Not no autumn because she'll she'd quickly trade it in also for Christmas, which is a great oh, okay. time of year as well. So like the hypes they go from one to the other. Um, and I, feel and like I definitely you can, think you can carry over autumn stuff into winter and it's not that jarring, but doing autumn too early into the summer, that's like, mm, that's a little cringeworthy. Oh, is that, is that the word you're going to use? <laughs> yeah. I just think it feels a little bit, you know, I think we're just, especially in Tennessee at times, very over summer. So you're just going to go ahead and lie to yourself and be like, you know what? It's actually this cool morning. Yeah. I could wear a sweater and yeah. you know, you will you regret it 40 minutes do 60 later? 60 yeah. minutes on autumn. We probably could, a hundred percent. We could. We could feel like we could just have a lot of a lot of categories, memories, things to talk about. Most of those yeah. memories would be raking raking leaves. Raking leaves. God, yeah. We raked a lot of leaves growing up. 
Did we wait, rank was... a lot of leaves, or were we asked to rank a lot of leaves? I partook in a lot of leaf ranking. Maybe I, I, I you. Like I also. I partook. Come on. <laughs> I remember Think, some. You know, you can find your way out of blisters it. from raking. Oh, burning leaves! Oh, burning leaves is a go-to. That's that's good smell too. Yeah, Max. I think a lot. Of I'm wondering like, that smells if, terrible. If the check-in question was, "What is your favorite scent?" Because the this is my segue here. You had COVID. Did you lose your sense of scent, it, sense of smell? Um, not like not in the way that I feel like people were talking about how like it was 100 percent gone. It felt very much in line with uh, you know you get a really bad sinus infection and things start tasting almost like nothing because you know i mean like you're so stuffed up that like you can kind of get a hint of something but it was not like i could have eaten an onion and or something and not gotten a little hint of what i was eating but it definitely got very dulled um and think and it didn't last long luckily it was the it was like two or three days of you know eating food and going i think this tastes like what it should taste like <laughs> and you know i think i could trick myself into tasting it for the most part but it was not like a a full-blown loss thank goodness but um, we both got it and we, I tested positive first and instantly like we like separated and we're in a, again, we're in a tiny house. Um, very, very, very small isolation home. You can do. Yeah. So like we both threw on masks and, um, we Kira went about like, she, she sanitized the entire living room that I was going to kind of stay in and we had an air mattress, we blew up the air mattress for me. I was going to be the living room boy. That's where I was going to be. I was going to be sequestered to that space um and then you know she went out well, and had a bunch of errands how What's that? isn't that the main way to get in and out of your house i guess you have the front kind of like there are other doors that we were like i guess we, you know there's three doors in this house for some reason that you can go out through so we were going to try and make it work now granted there's a dog and a cat in here and it definitely cluttered up a already pretty small home but we were like we'll make it work and uh she went out that day and like kind of ran some errands got some food and whatnot and by that night, she was not feeling all that great. And uh, then so we slept in different, different beds and everything that night. And the next morning, she woke up not feeling well and, and tested positive. So at that point, we threw in the towel and right. we became a, a gross home COVID. And um, we essentially lived on a couch and a, an air blow-up mattress in our living room for five straight days. But um, we didn't get it terribly. I mean, I think I had a really bad fever. Um, I was like, had like a one Oh two fever one night where I didn't sleep at all and definitely, you know, felt achy and sick, but Kira got the, the body aches and some of the other symptoms a lot worse than I did. Um, and held on a little bit longer for her, but it was like five days of no farming, which was a bummer. Um, especially just for the time of year, it felt like I should have been out there planting and I couldn't, you know, go outside with a fever or trying to recover from having a fever. So, um, it's kind of brutal when you live right on the site of where you work so that you can just see the, <laughs> the beds out there of your and the fields out there. failure. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, my neighbor came over and picked, picked the okra because the okra waits for no oh, man. Exactly. And okra, okra will always be growing. And so she came over and picked a lot of it for us. And we, we got through it. And, you know, sure, there was some, like, big, you know, big weeding projects and stuff we had to do once we had uh, started to feel better. But um, it finally caught us. We were pretty bummed. We were both on team. Never had COVID. I know you still are. A, That's right. A flag bearer. You're still feel, a flag bearer for that. Um, I feel like I have some very much unearned. Um, is it confidence? Um, I don't know. Just I feel like I'm better than everyone. Yeah, there's a lot of pride in yourself for for I think probably just getting lucky, really. Yeah. Um, oh, it's for sure, for sure. 
But also, I really take uh, we, care of my yeah. body. It's kind of like a temple, you could say. Yeah. And this your body's always been that way. Is um is is being taken care of by um like at least a dozen uh, monks, and they're just always in there mm-hmm. sweeping everything and keeping it really nice. And that's you know if if everybody else had um, body monks, then maybe they wouldn't get yeah. COVID too. No, there, that is the temple that Little Caesars built. How is that? I don't want to. <laughs> don't think that's. Huh. Wow, well, you saying fair... I have a? You think I have a body built by pizza? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I, that. Had, I ate an entire small pizza last night for dinner. That we'll talk about that. That was well learned. It sounded like. I, I think there's certain pizza. times in your life when you can go ahead and eat a whole pizza and feel little shame. Yeah. Um, and you were in one of those moments. Now there's plenty right. of moments in your life. I'm sure you've eaten a whole pizza, and there's plenty of cause for shame. You know what? I would probably say 99% of the entire pizzas that I have eaten have not been well-earned. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> they rarely are. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we both had COVID. We both we, we dealt with it for about a week and got through it. Kira's kind of sick again right now, but it's not COVID. She's tested a bunch of times, so I don't know if it's some lingering, something swooped in behind uh, COVID after recovering. But um, so it's if you hear some errant coughs in the background, it's... It's uh, her coughing the hardest I've ever heard a human cough. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we, and we, I think we got it from, we went and saw Hamilton. And uh, so, I mean, was it worth it? Yeah. I think it was worth it to get COVID (laughs) for me to see Hamilton for the first time. Um, But I assume, I mean, we were surrounded by lots of people there and I was, we were foolishly not wearing masks and within three days we had had COVID, but. We also had the Hamilton memories, you know, so. That's right. They'll go hand in hand forever. <laughs> they will, honestly. But, yeah, so keep your eye out. It's, it's, everyone's getting it. It's coming around again. And I All feel right. like it's only a matter of time before you get taken down. Or you're the chosen one. It's one of the two. I'm going to hope for the latter because I'm in a window now where I cannot get COVID before I fly to Europe. So. Yeah, you should live uh, – a very sheltered life for the next week and a half. Max, let me, let me bring you into a little, little uh, secret. I already live a very sheltered life. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you haven't gotten COVID to this point? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I very, I don't, I need a good reason to leave my apartment. And there are yeah. few, few good reasons. <laughs> yeah, you're not really having to travel for work as much as you used to. No, although so, I was just in know. Boston, so. Oh, okay. We can, we can, I didn't know that. We can, we'll, we'll do the Sam section later. Let's save all your fun tidbits. <laughs> well, I mean, at the current rate that zones. we're going through our outline, this is going to be our all time longest uh, podcast. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, not man. on board with <laughs> because I am hungry. It's lunchtime okay. and, and your boy has an empty tummy. Okay. Well, we can, I mean, it's not that we empty. Just, there's plenty of things we can, there's still bits of a whole pizza from last night. To no, go there's around. not. <laughs> oh, you mean in the tummy? Yeah, probably a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, but we can we can speed run some of the not speed run, but there's plenty of things that I don't have to go into detail about with the farm. Um, oh yeah, we can always we can always do a podcast, I guess. Again, you know, not a month from now too, if we feel like there's more to talk about. I don't know. I feel like we got, we're on a pretty good cadence now. Yeah, once a month, once every like, or so. month and a half. Even yeah, even longer. That's fine. That's the rate we at which we can't talk about how happen. how infrequently we record the podcast because that's always what we talk about. Tell me another update. Another update. I I don't remember the notes open. Oh, um, I think I maybe I briefly mentioned it that I oh, know maybe not yet. Joe and Christina came down for an entire week 
with with Toby, of course. Joe, our uh, brother, and, and his wife Christina. Christina. For those who don't know, haven't memorized the whole family tree. I figure people at home keep a chart on their wall for all their favorite fields of work. Um, you know, people that are mentioned, which is mostly our family. Um, I, I, as I'm saying that, I'm realizing that 90% of our audience is our family, and I'm hoping they don't yeah. need a refresher as to who who these people are. Yes, they they came I mean, down. I don't know, Joe, and... Joe's kind of forgettable. I mean, oh, damn, he listens to the kidding. podcast. That was a joke. Don't say that. that was a joke. It was a joke. A um, joke for Joe. They jo- uh, Joe we, is we, kind we... of a joke. Okay. Are you still you want to keep working that one out? I feel like no, I really I'm I, I watched your brain try and make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Um, it got there. It. You were talking about how it takes something to really get you to leave the house, and that's kind of how I normally am. But we did we did lots of things while they were here. When I when was you I'm a company in lie. town, I was looking at Find My quite a bit, and every time I looked yeah. at it, it seemed like you all were at another bookstore. <laughs> we did we did go to a lot of bookstores. Um, I think we went to three or four while they were here. Yeah, I think uh, I saw. I think I may have seen all three or four uh, when I was spying on you all. Yeah, we we did McKay's, which is like a giant used bookstore that we spend. You can spend a lot of time in. Um, it's incredible. There's you know just a ridiculous. It's a up store. People bring in books and get you know paid for them, and and so there's a crazy range of like cool classics to, to contemporary books there, and we could spend a whole day. Um, and then there were a couple of different independent bookstores in, ten- or in Nashville and, and Franklin that we went to. So you probably did catch us on all of our stops. Um, so we did we did a lot of a lot of book shopping. Um, we went to some farmers markets. We went out to eat a couple times. Um, we went out on Broadway one night, which is not something I had done, but is the Nashville experience that I probably should do before I move. Um, which is just to say, it's a you know, it's a madhouse and it's a street lined with bars with every level of the bar has a different band playing, uh, which like, is pretty incredible. I'm saying, is it like bourbon street in uh, new Orleans? I feel like I'd have to bring Kira on that. Cause she's only, I don't have the experience oh, yeah, of going Orleans. down bourbon okay. street. Um, I don't think it's as wild, but you know, on, on yeah. a Friday night or Saturday night or another, they do shut down almost the entire road um, and just have it for, for people to be walking on. We were also down there on a weekend of a music festival thing that was going on. So, Okay. We got our our a little bit of our city fix, um, and then they were both working while they were here as well. So it wasn't every day that we were out doing stuff, but we did more things in, in those nine days than I've probably done uh, in months. Um, so we were definitely ready for a little bit of like reclusive back to the the comfort of our home. Um, but it was nice to have them here. Good to see Toby. Yeah, how's um, uh, how is Toby? Is he good farm dog? Toby. I mean, yeah, he stays around. He's very into the chickens, though, and we have one chicken who still gets out every day. Uh, we call her Rebeppa. Rebeppa gets out every day, and um, we just let it happen because she always puts herself back in. It's not a big deal. Don't feel like mm-hmm. catching her to trim her wings, so it just happens. And she was out, and Toby was off leash, and Toby took it upon himself. I don't know what he would have done. You know, would he have killed this chicken? What is he just trying to like, get? Just to have fun with it. He's, he's, got a, he's got shepherd it back. He's got a got an honor. Well, his instinct was to chase chase this chicken, and I mean, we were trying to catch Toby, and this chicken luckily fly right, so it was going up in the air, and, and we then Toby almost like went off the cliff into the creek. He finally stopped, and we could not find the chicken anywhere, and we were walking around looking for the chicken, looking for the chicken, couldn't find it. And Joe, Christina, and I spent a long time looking for this chicken up in trees, trying to find if it did it plunge off the cliff into the creek. Did it? You know, where did it go? 
couldn't find it. We went up, we're going to dinner that night. When we came back to close them up, I counted chickens and, and she was back in there. So she <laughs> did a, either a Houdini, it's not a Houdini act where she found her way back into the coop or was really good at hiding. But uh, she survived like a very close call of Toby. So I don't know how that, how that rates him as a farm dog, but um, he, he had a lot of fun with it. Um, but he has little, he has little overalls that he wears and him and Mozzie were yeah. both at the farmers. We had a farmer's market on a Tuesday that Toby and Mozzie were at. So they, they, you know, attract the customers more than produce does. Um, so that was nice to have some, some added marketing, but, uh, it was, it was a nice visit. It was nice when people can, can come to us cause we can't always leave the farm in the summer. So yep. it was, it was a nice trip. Cool. And then last last update was the last one. Oh yeah, yesterday I just watched Polo for the first time ever. We were at the farm was a sponsor like water, of a like water event. polo. No horse horse polo. What are they called? Yeah. Horses were polo. swimming. Sam, this is yeah, yep. The uh, it's crazy. I mean, obviously uh, we've talked about horses playing in this podcast. How horses kind of freak us out. And uh, yeah. maybe that's just that's just me. No, I they freak remember. me out too. I feel okay, like every we're... horse is just a ticking time bomb for its leg to break. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel like their legs are not built to actually hold up their girth. And when you make them run, I'm like, you're, you're just, you're just tempting fate. Yeah. I mean, you should, and it's polo is, is somewhat contact sport. I mean, like, you know, there's definitely rules about how you can use your horse to, you know, block shots and, or like bump into the other players and stuff, but it isn't kind of incredible. And this was, you know, not the most intense match. It was a charity match, but, um, you know, the speed that they actually play the game is kind of insane. Um, so I learned, learned a bit about polo, um, got to eat some good food. What did you and, learn about polo? Give me a fact. Give me a polo fact. Uh, there's, there's, uh, I want to say there's six like individual periods, but they call them chuckers, C-H-U-K-K-E-R. So there's, there's three chuckers and a half. Um, chuckers <laughs> are seven and a half minutes long, which is the weirdest thing ever. They played okay. them at eight minutes, I think, though, for some reason at this event every time you score you change direction yeah you're okay. shooting the other net or the other end do they do like um, a face-off how do they start playing they like they like kind of like soccer if i i don't know if i ever caught there's like a ceremonial first one that we saw them roll in but a team does start with possession i think or a ball gets okay. rolled into play and then um it's only four on the side which for some reason i thought it'd be more is there a team. goalie there's no goalie really um all four people are kind of going at it end to end um, How big is the ball? Ball is, I don't know, between a soccer a, ball. No, between a baseball and a softball, probably. What? That's too small. Pretty small. It was pretty small. Are they, are they using like uh, croquet uh, whackers or yeah, yeah, mallets? The They've got these really before. long mallets that kind of have two two heads on them, but can also be kind of turn them and hit them flat a little bit. Um, and their ability to hit like what you know they call forehand and backhand is incredible. They like whip it around to get like that good full range of motion, yeah. the 360 degree whack. And we watched a couple people launch the ball, like almost down the entire length of the year, field is 300 yards. Um, so is it a big. goal you have to shoot it into? Yeah. It's two like pillars um, oh. that are, I didn't see what the distance apart to them was, but you know, it, there's no net or anything behind them. It's just kind of like an end zone that has these two pillars in it that you're trying to shoot between. Um, I think you can go pretty high over them, you know, and still have it count kind of like a field goal. Hmm. Um, and but yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty. Is wild there a referee sport. also on a horse? There's two referees riding horses. Um, so there's two refs riding. on They had a stick as well, which I couldn't really figure out what that was about. Because what's he gonna huh. do? 
If you're What's bad, you that's you're getting beat by the ref. <laughs> do they wear a striped they, shirt? Like they do. Yep, they wear a striped shirt. Huh. Um, they do. I don't know if this is just. I think this is a normal tradition at Polo. Is they have like all the fans on the side in between the intermission or during the halftime, like kind of walk out on the field and try and just put in the divots on the field a little bit because the horses' hooves really rip up this turf. Um, so everyone goes out there with their drinking hands. So you guys are the Zamboni. Filling divots. Yep, pretty People much. <laughs> and um, I think that was everything. It was you should you should go look at my Instagram story because there's a video of Kira and I of I think filling or her story maybe filling divots on the I field. I saw that and I was very confused as to why you were on the field. It's part of the game, man. We're out in the pitch. You gotta you gotta help. Tend Did you to the field. all take my advice from the family chat? I did not think that joke would be very funny. Hmm. Um, I think it really would have made us stand out as outsiders at a polo match, as in hmm. we'd never been there before. Because I imagine, unless it's like a, a what everyone does, which is maybe that's the first time you ever attend a polo match, you make that joke, and everyone hmm. kind of goes like, "Ah, these are the newbies. They are making the classic Marco Polo joke." And now we can, <laughs> now we can move on. Um, but we did not. I'm yeah. sorry to disappoint you. All right. Well, but so we went, I've never been to a polo match, so I'll wait until I go. Okay. Yeah, you can tell me what your polo experience is like. I think yeah. on the East Coast at some point you'll bump you bump into a polo match. Do you think you th- yeah, you think I kind of travel in circles where I just bump into a polo match? Hey, I would have said that I did not travel in those circles, but here I was <laughs> at a polo match. You might get invited, you never know. How did you end um, up at a polo match? The farm the farm is one of the main sponsors, so the uh, the Cummings um are good friends with the the board owner or one of the chairman of the of the event, chairwoman of the event, and so they sponsor it every year. Um, and so they invited us along to to share in their like little tent area that they got since being one of the sponsors. So, um, cool. Westglow Farm was was yeah like one of the one of the ten sponsors for this. So, yeah. Otherwise, I I don't think I would have had an opportunity to attend a polo match. But it was cool. I mean, it's on, it was on a beautiful like horse estate in Franklin, Tennessee, and it was like a really like misty, rainy, moody day. It was it was nice to not uh, be in like the blazing sun. What kind of houses do these horses live on in their estate? Uh, I didn't see the horse's house, <laughs> horses' houses. Uh, it's hard to say. I will say too. The other thing is they're not. They're definitely like a smaller breed of horse. They're not massive. Are you they're sure in between like pony majors. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're they're in between pony and like a larger horse. And I feel like someone next to me may have told me too that um, they'll. There's multiple horses on a team, so you can like at halftime you might switch out horses, mm-hmm. um, which if is kind of like, like changing it. Like being it's like not doing a good job, get yanked, yelled yeah. at by the coach. I mean, I think the the person was telling me because they think it's pretty incredible, which is true. Like you know, it's not that you just have really good chemistry with one singular horse. It's that you know these horses. It's like a team of horses essentially for your team, um, which is incredible because the the ability to get them to turn and you know do all the things that you want them to do while playing a sport is it's impressive but they were not the as massive that these horses knew what they were out there to do <laughs> you know i couldn't tell um i've always give, wondered like, that like are they just out there just purely reacting to the rider on their back and like what is happening yeah or they're like this i am a polo chaos. horse and we're trying to <laughs> score a goal and i'm on board like i always wondered that too about like horse racing like, does the yeah. horse know, like, I'm a racehorse, and this is what I do, and I'm good at it? Or do they just, like, kind of, like, live their life, and then they realize they're in the start of a race, and like, oh, crap, I got to go fast, because the guy is hitting me. <laughs> um, I, 
I wish it was more of the latter, but I think it's a lot of the former. I think it's hmm. a horse is kind of like, you know, very in tune with the person that's on their back and is doing whatever it the, the rider wants, but hmm. probably um, is not uh, privy to all the rules, I should say, of polo or that they're really competing I'm against the horses. They're on a, the like other. referee level <laughs> understanding of the rules, but like the general gist of like what is trying to happen. Like this ball is important, so I'm going to do things to make it easy for my rider to like get to the ball or hit the ball or. You know things like that. I don't want to. I don't want to in- insult horse intelligence. Um, so I'm gonna just. I'm not gonna go too deep into this. But I. I think that would take maybe a little bit more like cognitive thinking of what they're doing I out there versus more that like they get rewarded for uh, responding how the rider wants them to respond based on how they pull on the reins and things. And then they know that if this is what the person's doing, I should do that because mm-hmm. that is the good action because that's what they want me to do. But right. you know, it could be. It could be. You could be right. Who knows? I mean, yeah. you and I, we have a lot of horse and polo experience, so mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure we're pretty accurate. You probably got that right, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, but other than, you know, having COVID and hosting people and going to polo matches, there's we ha- I have still been farming, um, <laughs> believe it or not. You know, I fit some yeah. time in for farming. Do remember that we record these every month and a half, so lots of yeah. time for things to happen to me. Uh, That's true. Yeah, there's plenty of weeks in here where I've, I've done just about nothing. Um, but we are, you know, approaching our, this is our last week of our summer CSA. Um, our last distribution is on Tuesday. Or I think I mentioned this, or maybe not. It's been so long. <laughs> We're not doing a fall CSA for the rest of the season. We're going to kind of just push our online orders. And we have some big, uh, like, one-off events that we're doing uh, in October, some uh, where we're going to be a vendor at. So we're hoping that those avenues are kind of enough to move everything that we have left. Um, but also we've just been struggling to get things in the ground and have them survive. Cause if I had to guess them, if I had you guess what the worst pest on the farm right now is, what do you think it is? Worst pest. Um, Who's been causing me the most trouble. I know you hate the hornworm, the big old big yeah. boy. But that feels like the obvious answer, and you wouldn't ask me this if it was that. So I am going to say it's something very basic. It is the humble ant. Oh, well, were you thinking pest only as insect? Because it could be it could be bigger things as oh, well. Oh, is it groundhog? And that's where this comes in. Now the gro- I, th- I was blaming him for a long time. Remember, I was saying like I have yeah. woodchuck. Is it possible? Remember, I was trying to catch him. Nope, I caught a couple of possums. Armadillos. 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 Yeah. Un- wow. Unknown major pests. So we, I did complain about the woodchuck. He was eating my sweet potato greens. Uh, I saw him in there. I watched him eat some collards. It was cute, but frustrating. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I set out last time we were on the, we recorded, like I had a live trap set out to just catch them and relocate them. And my first catch was a possum. And, my second catch, though, which was like a day after the podcast, did you out, catch him with pizza the witch- crust? Yeah, I was using some Sky King pizza crust. Shout out to Sky King. Nice. Uh, sorry that I did not eat your crust. I thought it would work better for catching rodents. Maybe they should put that like on their sign or something. Like possums yeah. love our crust. <laughs> possums. <laughs> a picture of like I, man, and I caught the woodchuck finally. Same thing. Got him with the crust. And I don't have the heart to kill a woodchuck. He's kind of cute. I've watched him eat collards. We shared a moment, so I decided yeah, I wasn't like going to do that. Friends. So yeah, he's actually living with us now. <laughs> but we, but I put him, I put him on the cat and relocate. I drove down the road, kind of far to oh my someone God. else's okay. pasture you area. You have and, a cat that you live with, 
So my mind immediately went to you put this poor you put this <laughs> woodchuck on top of your poor cat. Like why would you do that? You meant yeah, the little car. The UTV. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I should yeah, the little the UTV, the vehicle we drive around. Um and I, I relocated the woodchuck down the road, probably not far enough. He probably came back. It's hard to say. It probably took him like twenty um, minutes to walk back. Like that was annoying. Yeah, it's a huge inconvenience. Um, I'm really hoping, and then maybe this is also, I'm insulting all animals' intelligence. I'm really hoping that I put him in a new spot, and he was just like, "All right, I can kick it here." Got <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the same stuff, you know. Yeah. Like I could do, I could do it fine over in this area. Um, so I caught two possums and a woodchuck with the live trap, and then I started kind of looking around and realized there's more. Something else is doing all this damage, and talking to my neighbors, and finally seeing an armadillo out in the fields, uh, mostly at night. They're you know they're nocturnal. What do they um, do to a field? So they are digging for uh, worms and insects and bugs and things. So they're not eating the tops of plants or anything. But what they're doing, and especially when we were in the middle of a drought, is the ground was kind of hard for them to dig into. But what isn't hard to dig into is like a fluffy brand new bed that I just tilled and prepped right. with compost. Like, oh, thank you and, for preparing this for me. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, this is really nice. And so I would, you know, I would prep an entire bed and direct seed little baby carrots and like armadillo into wherever the, the space was on he he's getting under row cover he's getting under shade cloth he's getting through or around electric fence he's really finding his way no matter what into the fields and they just dig and so what that does when you direct he's about like carrots is you know you'll have a nice little row of carrots and then where the armadillo dug and made a giant hole and messed it up so now there's three feet with no baby carrots that survived what he was doing and then they'll start again and so He's been doing that to all different types of crops, but when it's not even direct seeded, when it's a thing that you transplanted, you know, a little cabbage plant out to the field, he doesn't care about the cabbage plant, but it will be in his path of destruction as he's digging around it for stuff. So um, I've probably lost, I don't know, and of the things I've planted in the past month that were meant to set me up for fall, cabbage, broccoli, different things like that, kale, um, he's, he's probably destroyed six feet percent of it, if not more. I mean, just a very large portion of it. I don't know if it's one or two. We found a couple of their holes. I didn't know they lived in the ground. Did you know that? Giant burrows underground. Or like giant holes they come out of. Um, So there's a couple of them around the farm that we're trying to either fill in or put a trap by and catch them, relocate them. Um, I mean, I see them dead on the side of the road down here all the time. They get hit by cars a lot. And the population would be insane because I just... From what I've heard of my neighbor killing some for the same reasons that I am or want them gone, um, there's been like 20 dead armadillos in the past two months around here. And that is yet to affect the specific couple that are just absolutely thriving on the farm. Um, so that is what I'm, what I'm currently battling is, I mean, still plenty of little insects and other things and rabbits and whatnot eating things. But the, the armadillo is currently uh, winning the war. Uh, against my fall vegetables and so because of that i mean i'm glad we're not doing a fall csa because i think i would kind of struggle come mid-october to potentially supply it um if i can't get more things going uh get things actually growing and right now i'm you know just every week putting more plants out and hoping for the best and trying different techniques to to hide my plants or hide the soft soil from the armadillo uh, what, uh and lose and losing most of the time what does an armadillo fear what doesn't I don't fear? Uh, apparently nothing because of their ability to walk out in front of a car um, <laughs> and not understand or be terrified of a giant. Right, so you know? we know they're not afraid of cars. They're not afraid of you. No. 
I mean, I, I'm, maybe I'm going to say heights. If I got one really high in the air, that's not going to help me. <laughs> um, move your whole farm into the sky. What if maybe, like, you know, it's got one of those weird ones like balloons. Like I could put some balloons around the field to see if those yeah. do anything. Um, mm. I don't know, any other type of... Uh, I would say, go ahead and say not arachnophobia. I think they eat spiders. <laughs> none of that, yeah, none of that gross not. stuff freaks them out. Maybe like it's like a really... What's the opposite of that? What would the opposite of like they eat all the gross things? That's what they're maybe like caviar. If I put like a really nice dish of something out there, they're I could terrified. Probably see an armadillo go to town on some caviar. <laughs> like maybe a really just nice... a bigger armadillo. Yeah, but you know what's that going to get me? <laughs> it's just going to get. Well, maybe me you can make a model holes. of a giant armadillo and stick it oh, out by your farm. Not a real armadillo. I was thinking. No. You wanted me to find a bigger armadillo to out armadillo this one. Yeah, maybe I'll get my paper mache going and see if I can't craft a, a big armadillo. Yeah. Armadillo scarecrow. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. I, I need to do some more research to find out what actually is the way. Maybe it is just shooting them shotguns like people do. Um, but, you know, that feels a little crude. Surely it'd be more fun to do an art project, <laughs> make a paper mache armadillo yeah. scare away. So I'll keep you updated on if I decide right. to take some of my precious farm time to do that. Okay. But, you know, who knows? That might be that might be the next move. Um, have we been going for a long time already? Do you want me to save some of my big stuff for next no, time? Record? No, 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 no. Let's keep it going. Keep it going. You sure? All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've covered most of that. The last thing is the big thing, which will be a reoccurring topic as uh-huh. uh, we record throughout the fall, which is that I've just decided to not come back and manage the this far next season. So this is my last season at Westclaw. So now begins the journey that I'm sure I've talked about a lot on this podcast because I do it a lot, um, which is kind of looking for the next uh, farm location, wherever it is that we're going to we're gonna move to, but with some added uh, variables at play now, which is it's not just me that's relocating. Um, you know, there's two people right. that need to find jobs. And also with the understanding that the next place I find would either like to be potentially maybe the last one before I try and start my own thing. Or, um, you know, I want it to be at a level that is one moving up in the way that I feel like I should be in terms of management or doing more uh, or learning more. And at the same time, hopefully setting me up financially to be able to start my own farm at some point. So, yeah. um, so what does that look like? What is it like? What is a step up from? Because I mean, you've kind of been fully in charge of this one um, for yeah. the last couple of years. So what is what do you think it, it might look like? I mean, so the the first thing would just be a farm that has maybe a little bit of crew that you're that is working under you. Um, oh right. You know, and this yeah. farm could have had that. It could have you know if I pushed hard enough and, and long enough here. I think taking this three quarters of an acre and you know that's a scale where you could have one or two uh, full time employees underneath you um, if you really utilize the space. So this didn't get to that scale yet, but I think that's the possibility is I would like to, I've managed people before a couple of farms ago. I was the, the field manager and you know, the farm in Grand Rapids uh, area, but I think I would like to be in the full farm manager position with people under me if possible um, before I start my own thing. Um, other things are just, you know, so I've applied for three so far and one of them is actually at Michigan state university where I got my, my certificate from and they have a uh, 15 acre organic vegetable farm that I did some of my hands-on work with. And um, when I went to my program, we would occasionally, you know, dip in and, and learn stuff out on the farm, but it's a working farm production farm that grows for a CSA, but also a lot for the dining halls. 
and they're hiring for what they're calling an assistant farm manager, but it's, you know, a pretty large position because you are, it's assistant a much larger to farm. the farm manager. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so I would, it'd be back to tractor based, larger scale. Um, not that I'm, I mean, I'm not opposed to that either, but, uh, it would definitely be a little bit of a transition. And then also they do a lot of just, um, because they're paired with the university, a lot of like educational work, they do a lot of cool cutting edge, trying out new techniques and they have a little bit of capital to let them get their hands on some different implements or different ways to, to prep fields and That's do cool. things Is it to right combat. In East Lansing? Yeah. yeah. So it's just South of the university in like Holt, Michigan, I think, but it's, you know, it's 10 minutes from, from the, the campus. Um, so I've applied for that one and uh, I think the first round of interviews will be coming up for that. So I still know some people there. It would be uh, a pretty awesome farming experience. I mean, financially, it's a good uh, place to work for in the sense that you'd be working for a, a university, you know, a large university and the benefits and things that come with that. And now that I'm officially older than 26 years old, those are things I need to consider uh, oh, yeah. in terms of medical and, and all of that. And, um, you know, before it was easy to fly by my seat of the pants and just like take the coolest job that came up. And even if it, you know, didn't have the best pay or, this or housing opportunity or different things like that you know i could always kind of roll with it because i was just you know in my mid-20s and bouncing just around a and, punk and kid just a punk kid and now i've got you know actual uh things i need to consider um a bit more fully so the michigan state one is one that i'm really looking forward to hopefully going starting to go through that interview process the other one that i've talked to quite a well just once so far but applied for is in norfolk connecticut which is in we the corner right there up, for a little bit Really? It's a pretty, yep. that's kind of weird. Cause it's a really tiny town. Yep. Um, it's nestled right up there uh, in the Berkshires, just south of the Massachusetts border and just east of the New York border. But those three states kind of come together. Um, it is a farm that is a large property, but they have two acres of market garden style farming. They have an orchard, uh, mushroom kind of forest thing going on and an apiary. So they have a lot of things going on. Bees! And then they have bees. Yep. I've all, all I've ever wanted. This whole time with you being a farmer is to get some uh, – I just wanted to have bee talk because bees seem cool and you've never well, had access to bees. And this might finally take this podcast to the next level. Yeah. I should I should let them know next time I get a chance to talk to them that I think this could be good for the podcast. It could be good for the farm. You I know, mean, I'm already assuming that part of your application to all of these farms and like the interviews is that the podcast comes up a lot. In fact, I would be surprised uh, <laughs> if they're not the ones bringing it up. Yeah, no, they do. They they want to double check that I am the Max Sperlin from Fields of Work yeah. that people ask at all time. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's a little, it's a little side thing I do, uh, really little <laughs> little side thing that I do. <laughs> um, but this farm, they have just recently kind of um, transitioned into a little bit more of the agritourism. So they have um, a beautifully restored barn on their property that has. Uh, suites that people can rent out for weekends. It's obviously Connecticut is big into like second homes and people from New York and people coming right. up for We're not actually you know, that far from the city. Our friends who lived in Norfolk, he worked in the city. Did he? We, yeah. So did he drive down to like Hartford? No, and I think the, he took the train every day. Wonder where he took it from. I don't think it goes into Norfolk, Connecticut. It's a tiny little town. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. That's yeah. Now, it now is, I'm wondering right. about so, the geography. The um. So, you know, that area, they've, they realize that that's where there's a lot of potential of people looking for weekend escapes and stuff. So they have some, a really cool 
whole small um, hospitality side that they're getting more and more into. And they do um, a lot of partnerships with chefs and do farm to table dinners. They do classes. Uh, they do a lot of preserved and, and pickled and prepared foods. Oh, um, wait, it's Norfolk. So they're looking they for someone. Uh, okay. Not Norfolk. Norfolk's a little, a little farther up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Carry on. But uh, but anyway, so they're looking for someone so, to kind of so, to, to okay, yeah, go ahead. take over managing the farm again. And, and they are more interested in – they were big on CSA for a while because COVID really pushed CSA numbers up all across the U.S. A lot of farms transitioned into making bigger CSAs because people didn't want to go to the store. They wanted to just get food. And so um, – but they're looking to kind of shift the – the spectrum a little back more towards growing for their dinners, for their prepared foods, for their uh, customers that are staying at the the boutique hotel, right. things like that. So they're looking to Would kind of... Would you be solo there or they have staff? They have a staff. Um, I mean, there's a lot of staff that'd be like above or same level or, you know, people that I would be working kind of alongside in the sense that there's someone obviously running the hospitality side. There's a culinary person who's in charge of the food, things going on. Um, but there would be, I think as of now, there's a farm manager, the position I applied for, um, a farm employee that looks like has been there for a couple of years, and then maybe other crew that they hire on um, for this, the growing season. So, you know, I think at peak summer, it would be maybe four or five people managing okay. the two acres of, of farm. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm sure every farm would like to keep that number lower. So if we can find ways right. and techniques to keep it lower, but it's a little it's more of an established farm than here they've just been doing it longer and um so <clears throat> they've also just kind of gone a slightly different direction with more push into the agritourism kind of side um, do they have benefits or no they have i should look at the thing and the, the pay was 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 pretty solid i mean i think it was i mean we always talk about money on here so why not it was like salaried at like sixty thousand a year which for yeah. farming is kind of is a, is a continual movement upward for me, which is one of the things I'm looking yep. for. Um, they didn't have on farm housing, but there is farm housing like five minutes away from the farm that would uh, just be subsidized and kind of come from the, your overall yearly salary that I didn't go, we didn't get much detail about it. It was a, a two bedroom house um, that's supposed to be close by. And then in terms of there are some level of whether that's a stipend to help pay for your healthcare, um, which is, you know, I currently do the, Obamacare, you know, I do a, a right. the, the marketplace. Um, so there would be some type of benefit that would help cover that. It would not be as extensive as if I was working at Michigan State, which right. does have uh, a bigger, you know, benefit plan. But it's definitely a thing that, you know, I've turned away jobs now that I'm looking at that don't offer that or that are still hourly or things like that. So right. um, it's really early in the the farm season for farms to really be hiring. Um mm-hmm. Unless they already have their eye on some type of change for the next season, a lot of them are still wrapping up. So um, I'm sure some more things will come up as we get into fall. Um, yeah. But you know, it's tough because we're just trying to look at regions and, and areas that we're interested in. And you know, we Where, uh, what are those regions and stuff that you're looking? At? I mean, obviously Michigan family connection and everything. But what else yeah, are you Michigan at? with the family connection. I mean, and typical farmer and you know people of our age, the Pacific like, of Oregon or Washington, which has a huge you know farming culture in those two areas. Um, same with the areas in around Colorado. Um, then for me, I'm, I would like to do the the Northeast again, if possible. Um, if something came up, I think there's just, I really liked living up there before. And I think there's mm-hmm. some pretty cool things happening with farming and I kind of want some seasons back a little bit too. So, 
Um, everything will be there. Yeah, you want your winters off. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> not just for my body, but for the farm yeah. side of things too. There's a lot of things that come with being able to get a cold winter, or colder winter. But um, another one that is is actually pretty high on the list is the the DC area um, with Kira's with Kira's experience in nonprofit and her interest in and maybe still keeping that avenue open. Um, I mean, DC is pretty much the best place that she could be um, for, for that world. So there's still looking over there and looking at jobs around there. And obviously there's farms still around there. So it's not like, uh, you know, I, I can usually, obviously what I always tell her is I always find work in a city cause everyone's growing food. It's just a matter of, you know, hopefully being able to partner it with a, a farm that's looking for a manager or something that's, yeah. uh, that next step. But DC is, is the other one. Um, but yeah, Michigan as well is up there. So we'll see now it's just a matter of kind of looking around and we don't want it to be that we move somewhere just because of what I found, but I'm just the one that's right now ready to kind of like start looking for a farm manager position. So it's, it's early days of all of that hunting. Um, but that is kind of how the, the time is being spent now. So are you excited um, by like the search for a new job or is it like anxiety producing? No, I'm I'm very excited for it. I think the most anxiety-producing thing is just finding the uh, the place that works for both of us, right. and then the logistics of just like you know packing up a life again and moving and um, combining two people's stuff. And you know, it used to be always easy to be like, oh, I'll throw it all in my minivan or whatever, and I'll move. You know, it's uh, it's finally bigger than that. So it does is I need to be less laissez-faire about the whole like that's eh, fine, we'll figure it out, and understand that you know there's. A lot of uh, logistics and work that go into making anything like that happen. A lot of books. We two moved. There's a thousand books in this home, give or take, and so that will that will require some boxes for sure. But uh, yeah. you know, uh, the, in terms of the actual job sale. or a massive, yeah, everyone seriously get on your game and start buying more <laughs> books so we don't have to move them. Um, uh, but the uh, the farm job part is really exciting to me because I just like seeing what else is out there. It's really fun yep. to just see what's what is available. I think that's true for a lot of jobs. I'm sure when you, people get a chance to actually look and see yeah. what they are qualified for, kind of qualified for. Um, and sometimes it blows you away when you see something come up and you're like, wow, someone's getting paid that much to do this there, or this farm is doing something really interesting with chefs and things like that. Or, you know, everyone kind of has their little thing that they do that makes their farm different in their region. So um, it's just fun to kind of see, what what is it that I can try and apply for? And this is the most experience I've ever had as a farmer. So every time yeah. I get a chance to do this, it's more exciting because for right. once I'm pretty much qualified for everything that I'm seeing. Um, yep. That's which is cool. a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so so it's a little um I would say it's a little more open in terms of what I can apply for, but at the same time, the level that I'm now looking at is a little less common. Um right. but I, I'm confident that something will something will appear. And I've already talked once with the farm in Connecticut. Hopefully we'll have some other conversations with them soon. Um, we'll have a better idea of what it's actually like. And if we get enough farms in an area that are interested, we'll probably go up and visit um, because we kind of want to vibe for at least what the area is like before packing it all up and going. So yeah, the folk is already busy, but there's a good chance that we'll also be peppering in some, some visits to, to, different cities and things like that. So, well, uh, you know, let me know if you pop by DC. Yeah. Well, I will definitely let you know. It's, uh, here's always wanted to live there. So, you know, doesn't have the Michigan winter that I love, but it's more of a winter some, probably than some winter. Yeah. 
but you know, but also my, you know, you living there that, that, that can almost outweigh the winter, Sam. So I just don't, uh, wow. you know, I know it's a good compliment. Wow. I mean, of course there would be like a, a little bit of irony to this if, cause like Emily is also looking for a new job now yeah, and obviously looking in this area, but not only in this area. So I think what I am foreseeing is you will move to DC <laughs> and we will leave, uh, DC. Yeah. Well, Get we'll see who finds tragic. their job first. Yeah, that will that will influence it. If you guys pack up and go, <laughs> well, maybe yeah. not. We'll see. You just leave your apartment for us. You know, we'll take it. <laughs> okay. Uh, <I> mean, <laughs> Love good farming. It's a great. It's a great apartment. Uh, it's not super close to any farms that I'm aware of, but yeah, that's fine. We'll start one. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a baseball field across the street here. Maybe you could get, space. take over yep. take over this baseball field, and it would be a pretty big farm if it was all farmland. I'll, I'll take over at least the outfield. All right. How about that? You know, if you whack one of the outfield, there's like a chance it rolls into the ochre patch. <laughs> Damn yeah, it. That's extra, po- <laughs> extra points. Yep. Um, that's, that's the farm update. That's the life update. Uh, there'll be a lot more on that front. I'm sure. Cool. Well, that's sure. Just, uh, in the next that's couple exciting. months, but it's this time of year again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you? You said, what you said, about, what about me? What do you want to know, Max? Well, I mean, you said your work stuff and our pre-talk was, was all pretty much the same. But you were in Boston. Why were you in Boston? I mean, so that, stuff? that yeah, that main transformation project I'm working on, they have offices in uh, just outside of Boston. So had to fly into Boston and drive out to their offices for an all-day uh, event that I partook in at the end of August. And um, they actually have another event here in Virginia, which I don't have to travel for, but my partner who is working on the project with me will be flying in from Toronto to, to do that. So yeah, that, I mean, this project is a month and a half in at this point and, um, it's going well. can't talk about it in like a ton of detail like usual. Uh, but it's a, it's, so it's that, that advisory project that I was doing for most of the year, um, like starting in January has turned into a larger transformation project. And um, I feel like I guess we have a lot of trust with our main client there. It's a guy who worked at my previous client uh, and then moved to this new job and then asked me to come and do some work with them. So it's nice. I feel like we're not being like super micromanaged. Um, A lot of trust to kind of do what we want around the larger kind of ambitions and aims of the uh of the project which is definitely what i prefer and what i need i don't handle micromanagement from the client particularly well um it comes with some challenges though just around kind of a lack of structure about what specifically we're doing and who's involved which i'd rather navigate that than have to navigate kind of the opposite of that but feel like everything is like super well defined um, so this goes through the end of November in its current form. And then like with all of our projects, there'll probably be a conversation near the end there about whether it makes sense to keep it going or whether we just want to part ways at that point. Um, but overall, like it's going well, it feels nice to be kind of sinking my teeth into a longer term project again. And cause I had been doing basically just DAO stuff, which has been fun and, and interesting. And, but the, we haven't had like long-term deep projects in the DAO space, at least not very many uh, at this point. 
That stuff's still bumping around though. Still bumping around. It's still like kind of technically what I do with like half of my time and get paid half of my time to continue leading our DAO stuff. And there is like a ongoing project with a DAO that we have been working with for a long time, but not at a, like a super, um, we're, we're not charging them that much, but it has been a kind of a long-term advisory, which has been cool. Um, and yeah, we're still, I mean, the, the crypto markets right now are such that I think everything is just quieter in the DAO space, which has been true for a little while now. So we're doing, we're still kind of keeping, keep staying involved, trying to continue building the business there, but also um, not dedicating all of our time to that. Gotcha. Well, Beans, well, uh, well we, we talked about you uh, eating a whole pizza yesterday and how you had earned it. Uh, yeah. What did you do to, to earn your full pizza? Well, I did my last triathlon of the year. Um, I had scheduled, my plan was always to do three triathlons in my first year of training, which I started training basically August of last year. Um, I think I'd started right actually around the time that I came to visit you. Uh, it was like technically my first week of training, which is why I ran a couple of times, I think, while I was, while I was there. Uh, so I finished... My last triathlon yesterday, it was an Olympic distance in Williamsburg, Virginia, and it was the exact same location as the one that I did in June. Um, the one in June, the swim was terrible. It was really choppy, and I failed it horribly and had to, like, walk of shame back to the beach uh, after, like, not even getting halfway, basically. This time... Um, so my main goal for this race yesterday was to just like just finish the swim and like who cares about the bike and the run. Um, yeah. So I did finish the swim yesterday. The water was much calmer. So I, I did it. It was slow. It took me like 40-ish minutes to, to do it. But it wasn't, it wasn't even particularly difficult. Um, I felt like I was not particularly winded by the end. I, was, I kind of definitely stayed within my abilities. So... You know, on that alone, it was um, a successful race. And then I did the the ride, which I actually ended up doing a couple of minutes faster than I did in June, which is good because, um, you know, I had I didn't in June, I didn't do it off the back of a full swim. And yeah. so I had like I had much fresher legs and I was mad and embarrassed. So I ran like I feel like I went pretty hard. Uh, this time I came off of a 40 minute swim and then did the ride and still did it faster than I did in June, which feels like a, like a victory. Um, and actually I probably could have done it a little bit faster. At one point there was like a weird backup of cars, um, because of this intersection that they had closed for the race, but we kind of got stuck mm -hmm. in it. So for a good minute, minute and a half, I was like really slowed down as we were trying to navigate this. So I probably could have shaved a little bit more time off of the ride. And then the run was a little bit slower than it was in June, um, but not like drastically. So it was like a minute and a half or like two minutes longer on the six mile uh, run, which is not terribly surprising considering I had did the whole swim and a faster ride um, that my run was basically the same. And, and actually the, I would say um, since June. So after my June uh, triathlon, I had, I had to take like almost three weeks off of running because of that tendonitis in my foot. So uh, I 
my my running was probably the the sport that I had developed the least since the last race. So I'm actually kind of happy that it didn't get worse, much worse. Yeah. So now so you're on break. Uh, I mean, I'm going to figure out. I'm going to, I mean, I'm not going to like stop training. I'm going to probably take a little bit of, of time off, maybe like a week or so, and then figure out what I want to do next. I think my current plan, well, one thing that I want to do before I go on my honeymoon. Um, so next weekend, I think I might take a stab at doing a hundred mile bike ride. Um, just, that was like the other thing that I've kind of wanted to do as part of my training. Like I've gone on long, lots of long bike rides. The longest I've ever done is 75 miles. Um, so I'd like to do that next weekend. I think as long as I feel okay and no real time, like I'll take plenty of breaks or whatever. If I need to, I just want to do the whole, that whole distance just to see what it's like. Um, and then I think next year I'll probably do the, a similar thing in that I'll do three races again. Um, but instead of doing sprint Olympic Olympic, I'm probably going to do Olympic Olympic half Ironman. So the, the plan would be to do my first half Ironman, basically a year from today at the Michigan, uh, Ironman, which is I think up near Traverse city. Um, but it would be fun to come to Michigan to do my first, uh, long race like that. Cool. That's the don't, plan. Uh, no. see. I don't know if you'll get any brothers on board to train with you. I don't, uh, yeah, I, don't I like the that. idea. Yeah. I just it's don't very know time consuming. I, I don't know how you could, how you could do it as a farmer. I would have to lower my training in one thing or something and decide like running. I'll be okay, but I need to focus. I would have to focus almost all my efforts on the swim. Probably. You probably, uh, I mean, initially just to like get your technique to the point of like where you could do it. Um, and then once you like, once you get to the point where you're not like just dying after a couple of hundred yards, you can swim for a very long time. Just not very fast. Like you'd at least get to that yeah. point. And then yeah, the running you'd be fine with probably cause you've already done half Ironman and you're a wiry, you know, guy. And then the cycling, you just need to, I think a lot of cycling is just, um, acclimation to like being on a bike for long periods yeah. of time. And, um, you know, basically butt pain, you talking about butt pain. I'm talking, I was going to say removing all sense of, uh, feeling from your taint. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Nice. Glad we, glad we could get that there at the very end of the episode. We could go ahead and just say something like that. That's good. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, so, no, no, it's if, good. Uh, I'm glad it went well yesterday. Um, I feel like I had a little bit of redemption for the one in June. Showed myself that I could actually do the full distance because, like, my the first race, which we talked about, like, was successful in the sense that I did it. Unsuccessful in the sense that I didn't follow directions and I did double the bike. Um, but yeah. you know, that's if you're gonna like mess up, like, do it in that. Like, show yourself that you can go farther than you have to, which was fine. And then the one in June, I failed the swim. Um, so it didn't really feel like I could, like I had not shown myself that I could do the Olympic distance. And then yesterday I did the full Olympic distance with no problem. So it feels like I'm continuing to get better. That's good. Yeah. Well, you're going to, you are going to train while you're on your honeymoon. Uh, I mean, I'll probably, I'll just see what my, what, see what my body wants. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I might go like, you know, lift some weights or, or go for a run or something. Um, but I'm not going to. It's it's not going to be a focus of it at at all for sure. Yeah, where you kids where you kids going? We are going. Uh, we're flying to Rome and then getting on a cruise ship, and that cruise will go to France and some other places in Italy and Spain, 
and then it ends back in Rome, and then we will fly from Rome to Barcelona, and then drive a couple hours north to go to her brother's wedding, Emily's brother's wedding, in La Scala, Spain, and then we'll fly back. Very world world traveler of you. It's gonna be it's gonna be dope. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to... that sounds that sounds very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we'll we'll have some some primo content then when we record at the uh, end of October. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We'll get uh, me telling everyone about how I had a great relaxing time. You know, everybody loves hearing about how you know other people just got to chill and not have to do anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd like to hear about it. And if you could describe it in detail, and I can maybe close my eyes, and we can kind of get into a meditative state where I feel like I'm there. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Maybe I can go. I'll try to bring some um, farm um, content back from from Europe. They have farms in Europe, right? Yeah, I've got some pretty great ones. I think you'll uh, mm. a lot of farms that are like this one. I should say like cool small farms. So go right. go look at some farms for me. All right, I will. Max, it's time to eat lunch. It is time to eat lunch. That was, that what was are you gonna a, have for lunch? A, I I don't know. I have to run some errands, so maybe I'll treat myself to a little uh, a little errand errand snack. <laughs> we'll when, you go, when you do when you do an errand snack, what's your go to errand snack? You know you have something in mind right now. I mean, we've been eating a lot of Chick-fil-A. We still eat a lot of Chick-fil-A right. down here because it's close to where a lot of the errands that we run. Um, we eat a lot of Jimmy John's, though, too. Um, nice. And Jersey Mike's, those are usually our sub-go-tos. So okay. uh, right. those, are the, those, are the big, those are the big two. Why, do you have something in mind for me? You seem no, a little let down by my curious. choice. No, no, I'm just curious. Just... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not let down. Uh, yeah, that's, I will see. There's a, there's, a, there's a Sonic nearby, too, that are close to the, the farm so that's i don't i never ate at sonic really until i moved down here but they're they're all the rage all right cool cool what right. i didn't ask you well, i was rude no, what fine. are you having for lunch it's fine man don't don't be curious about my life this is uh this is just the sam interviews max show about you know yeah. food and lunch and stuff i don't actually know if i I'm, I'm thinking about making a grilled cheese and tomato soup with my homemade bread um but then you mentioned all of these tasty places and now i'm thinking about looking at doordash <laughs> so I'm glad I could be a positive influence in your life. Exactly. All right. Later, man. See ya.